And yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. In the that's it, right? What? Yeah, that's it. I said I think that's right. Right? Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Let us. Yeah. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Going okay. I like your name today. Uh, it didn't really convey what I was trying to do because it doesn't do characters, but there was an ellipsis between the end of the word and yay and a question mark at the end. <laughs> <laughs> fair homeownership can be daunting but i'm super excited for you yay now i feel like i shouldn't have taken any of his crap and now i want to throw everything away in both houses and start all over again do it i might do it just burn it all down yeah well i did find out the town i'm moving to twice a year has bulk waste pickup free in april and september oh convenient yeah since April is soon. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. After this, I'm going to go over and clean since I have a tight deadline now. Why do you have a tight deadline now? I have a tight deadline now because vacation is happening. <gasps> You're going on vacation. I am. I'm also going on vacation. You are? Where are you headed? I'm going to a place in Massachusetts, an Airbnb by a lake. No way. That's where I was going. Holy shit. What if it's the same place? That would be a funny coincidence. So weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm just feeling super stressed today because I've just got so much to do before vacation and like everybody had tests this week and you know what i really i graded one of my tests while one of my other classes was taking their test and i should have just used your philosophy of failing everybody because (laughs) i spent an hour grading their exams and all but five of them had failed anyway so i'm like wow i should have just gone with kathy's rules oh my god guys i yeah i don't even know what happened but yeah, <laughs> so that sucked. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. What the hell happened? I'm sorry. <sighs> it's fine. Time for new students. Yeah. Yeah. Burn the classroom down and start again. Right? I mean, yeah. it was on the bones. And I'm like, if you want to be a nurse and you can't even figure out what the different bones are, guys, that doesn't bode well. So. Ugh. Yeah. How many people in your classes end up actually going on and finishing a nursing degree do you know does it no any indication of that unfortunately i don't get that indication okay if i had to guess i would probably say that most of the time about two-thirds to three-quarters of them pass my class with the minimum requirement of C plus um, to get into the program and i have had a few students that i will then see the next semester (laughs) when they don't get that so far, wow. I've only had one student take my class twice and fail it both times. Oh my god, that's so sad. And I was so sad. For, she was like such a she was a great kid and very enthusiastic, and she would have had amazing bedside manner. I haven't seen her since the second time yeah. um, that she took my course, but I'm hoping 
that things worked out for her okay because she was she was great I felt really bad and I was like you know there's free tutoring come meet with me I'll help whatever but sometimes it just doesn't stick for some people that's rough Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah I always feel bad especially when I know they're trying really hard and like they actually do spend extra time and meet with me and they still just can't quite get it or go to the tutoring center and and work with another tutor and they're still not getting it I always feel really bad for those students but alas there's only so much I can do it's true yeah yeah, so that's my day. I'm not in that great of a mood today, but I'm super excited for you, though, and I'm Thanks. happy to be doing podcast also, so Yay. I'll get over it. I'll put all that aside and focus my energy on exciting things for Kathy and also Stargate. Yay! Yay! And also almost vacation. Woo! I'll worry about all the pre-vacation prep I need to do once we're done with this, but for now, yeah. for now, I'll enjoy all the, the goodness of knowing vacation is coming up, and hooray for Stargate. Yay! Yay! And I'm super excited for your house. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait for you to see it, too. My coworker just bought a house, too. Apparently, it's all the rage in my department. <laughs> she she was like, yeah, the first things I brought over was stuff to clean and a candle. And I was like, oh, because you were afraid the lights were going to not be on? And she says, no, she just doesn't like when a place smells like other people. And now all I can think about That's when fair. I go into the house is that it smells like somebody else. Yeah. So. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> The house that we used to own, do you remember that carpet that was in there when we bought it? The carpet that was so disgusting and smelly. And so, like, yeah, the house just smelled like that other person's old nasty carpet that had been there for, like, decades. (laughs) Boo. Yeah, that is the downside to a new house. But, yeah, we're actually hoping to maybe push up our home buying ship ourselves at some point. Because, you know, we were looking into, like, winter, but... We'd like to be into it before the holidays, and if we could move before the start of my next semester, that would be even better, so. Yeah, we'll yeah. We'll see what we can do. I don't know how plausible that will be for us, but fingers we're crossed. looking into it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Homeownership has nothing to do with this episode. I actually sure don't doesn't. even remember what this episode was about, even though I just watched it this I morning. Don't, and I don't remember what it's called, because I didn't write down the title like I normally do. <laughs> Go us. <laughs> I also wrote the wrong episode number on it's... this recording session, if you hadn't noticed. Oh, I didn't even... Oh, I didn't... Uh, no, because I don't look at it number-wise like that. I only look at it by yeah. season and episode number. This is our 63rd episode. Ah. From a recording standpoint, I numbered it as 62. Because SMRT. Gotcha. It's been a week. I'm tired. Yeah. My brain needs this vacation. That does. <laughs> okay, I found the title. Yes. <laughs> I also have the title now. Okay. <laughs> I actually just can't. I just, every time I look at the title, I think it's a coffee shop. And <gasps> mm, I just, coffee. I, I don't know why. It's just in my head. There's got to be a coffee shop called Newgrounds, right? There's got to be, right? Yeah. I would imagine. If I had my phone, I'd even look it up. But I don't know. I left my phone somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Newgrounds coffee house in Ohio? Yeah. According to Facebook, there's Breaking New Grounds in New Hampshire. Mm. New Ground Coffee, which I think is actually a coffee selling place, not a coffee shop. That makes no sense because a coffee shop is also a coffee <laughs> selling place. would be a place. coffee selling place. I was trying to figure out <gasps> what would that be? Yeah. So there's How a new ground. Different? I don't know. There's a new ground coffee. There's a new dash grounds dash coffee. This is very exciting. It's coffee with a purpose. 
There's another new ground coffee. Wow. Yes. This is not. I have not come up with some exciting new name for a coffee place. No. Anyway. No. Anyway. Can't can't TM that one. (laughs) No. Anyway, the name of this episode, which is episode 19 of season three of SG1, (laughs) is New Grounds, in case you didn't pick up on that. This scene opens on a planet that is not Earth with some people that are not SG-1. They are chipping away at some rocks and using what looks like a dagger rather than a chisel. (laughs) So that's probably not the best way to be doing geology or archaeology or whatever it is they're trying to do. They keep chipping away and then we see the Earth symbol on what looks like a stargate. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out what this might mean. Maybe the ancestors used it for some astronomical calculation, they figured. And one of the people there figures, all right, well, if this is here, there must be a settlement nearby. And as very absurdly convenient timing would have it, (laughs) a chevron suddenly locks in. What? And then a ridiculously long amount of time passes and another chevron locks in. <laughs> and then one by one, with a ridiculous amount of time between all of them, the chevrons are finally all lit up. And the gate opens. Why did it take so long for it I to dial know. in? And also, like I said, wow, hugely convenient timing that they yes, had it was just finished. Hugely convenient timing. Unburying it when it was dialed into. I have one more thing. There are two people talking in this scene, right? A man and a woman. Yes. There's a third dude in the background working at the gate. Oh, really? Clinking away. And as soon as the chevrons start lighting up, he pieces out of there and we never see or hear from him. (laughs) Totally missed that. That's awesome. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's That's pretty pretty great. Yeah, I totally missed that somehow. (laughs) I actually watched this twice, and I didn't notice the first time, but I noticed the second time. And the only reason I watched it twice is because I watched it on my phone the first time at the laundromat this morning. Yeah, gotcha. Anyway. But yeah. I was like, okay, he's not important. Bye. All right. So he doesn't do any... He just runs away. He doesn't tell anyone like, you know, someone else might later or do anything. He just is gone. Bye. Bye, (laughs) random dude. Peace Just abandon your job. Yep. He's not very committed, apparently, to his archaeology. No. Meanwhile, while this was happening, we did get a couple shots of the gate room and Hammond and Carter and everybody talking about how they're trying to dial out. And apparently Sam had made a cold address program that periodically tries to dial gates that they weren't able to connect to in the past, which would still be, if it's periodically dialing them, that would still make this a huge coincidence. But also we've already seen in a hundred days that even if a gate is like buried, it will still connect. You just can't go through it. So yeah, I don't know. What would be the point of like, if, if the gates aren't connecting, then that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, that's my story. But yeah. Yeah. So back on the other planet, we learned that the guy's name is Nyan. Yep. (laughs) Like the Nyan cat? I can't believe what I'm hearing. (laughs) Which just, I thought was hilarious for the entire episode. That was all I could think about whenever they mentioned his name. 
when the gate is open, thankfully Nyan doesn't try to walk through it, but he does put his hand in the event horizon and says that it doesn't feel like water. And it's also a good thing that they weren't standing too close to it when this happened. Otherwise, they would just be feet shoes. Yeah, and they wouldn't even be whole shoes because they were wearing tall boots and they would have lost their boot tops. Yeah, they would just be like ankle down partial shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly the mouth comes through, then we are back in the control room, and Daniel comes in and wants to know what's going on. She tells him about her cold dialing program that she had. Daniel's curious as to why this gate suddenly worked when it didn't in the past. And Sam's like, well, they must have unburied it. And she gives a little bit more information about what her program does, but I already kind of explained that before, so not going to reiterate that. Yeah. They do, though, see on the screen of the malp that has just made it through to the other side, Nyan and the chick whose name we don't know yet. They are walking around, kind of looking at things, startled at the malp. Daniel asks if the camera can follow them. And then he puts on an earpiece and starts talking to them as well. That's not scary or weird at all. Right? Yeah. Not at all terrifying to have this big robot thing come through and start talking to you. Yeah. In the exact same language, conveniently. Yeah, also, Nyan was standing right at the gate when that came through, and I would have been way more terrified than he was, the right? thing jumping out of me. Yeah, gate. seriously, I would have taken off like that other guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and never gone back. <laughs> <laughs> that guy knows how to survive. Yeah, that guy had the right idea. Yeah. Do you want me to go for Sure, there, yeah, this is a really long cold yeah. open. It's hard because it's yet, like, right? yeah, oh my god, it's still the cold open. Yeah. Good god. That's why I like I kept I'm like I'm just gonna keep talking until I find the credits thing. But yeah. But wow. <laughs> I don't see it anywhere. No, it's still a ways down. Yeah. Daniel talks to Nyan through the Melp. Says his name is Daniel Jackson. I think the fact that he addresses Nyan by name makes it that much creepier. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> because like from our perspective, we know that he heard them talking, but they yeah. don't know that. <laughs> I am the all-knowing robot. <laughs> Nyan, in fact, asks the Malp if he is a mechanical life form. And Daniel says no, he's communicating through the Malp from another planet. The woman with Nyan does not believe it and says they need to report it to somebody. Nyan is hesitant to do that. Meanwhile, Daniel is gung-ho to get on over to P2X416 because these people are intelligent and they seem to have a similar level of technology based on their tools and clothing. Although <laughs> I dagger argue, and hammer yeah. and leather clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it turns out their technology is a little bit more advanced. But yeah. yeah. But- <laughs> Jack points out that they haven't found a DHD, so maybe don't be so eager. Yeah, good call. Yeah. But Hammond has a solution to that. He says, take an Aquita reactor and you can dial the gate manually. Problem solved because Hammond's a problem solver. Yeah. This time. I don't know. (laughs) This time. (laughs) I don't know. For (laughs) once. You you have a good point. He's often not the problem solver. In fact, he is pretty much never the problem solver. No. <laughs> oh my god, how much how much longer is this teaser? <laughs> Very. Um, should I keep going? Sure. I don't know. On the planet, Nyan tells the woman that he thinks they've found the gateway and he calls her Malin. Mm-hmm. So that's her name. 
because otherwise that would be rude if he just kept <laughs> calling her the wrong name. <laughs> Melon, though, disagrees. It's Optrican legend that there's a gateway. She also furthermore says that this could be dangerous and asks if he realizes what this would mean. And Nyan says it means we would be wrong and the Optricans were right, which seems like a bad thing to them. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe being able to admit that you're wrong is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel is continuing to communicate and asks if it's okay if they come for a visit. Malin is like, hell no. (laughs) But Nyan's like, yes, please come on over. And Daniel's like, cool, we're on the way. He tells Nyan to stay close to the mechanical device and try to avoid that big splash because it's kind of (laughs) dangerous. Kind of? Kind of, yeah. more than just kind of dangerous, It's more than kind of dangerous, yes. (laughs) Nyan says, we will be waiting with open open arms. He doesn't really say that, but (laughs) they will be welcoming. But Malin takes the hell off because she's not into this. Even Nyan shouting at her back does not get her to turn around. And finally, we have credits. Finally, credits. (laughs) That was a really long opening. It was. (laughs) After credits, SG-1 does come through the gate with their Naquita reactor and the stuff that they're going to need to be able to dial back. I noticed that, like, the bottom foot or so of the gate was still buried. So why were the rocks in front of it not vaporized when the wormhole opened? Excellent question. Yeah. I do not know. Yeah. I think that's just uh, sloppy props there. Yeah. They greet each other, and Nyan is surprised that they are human, just like he is. Nyan explains that he's surprised to learn that the legends are true. Apparently, I keep thinking of them as opticians, so I'm just going to go with opticians. So the eye doctors were correct in believing that the humans were brought to the planet. Hold on. Before you go on, I'm sorry. You can't call them the opticians. We all know that Nyan is the optician of this episode. So I'm disagreeing. Oh. Can they be obstetricians then? We can go with obstetricians. That's also okay. So the people that deliver babies for (laughs) have hypothesized that humans were brought to that planet by aliens traveling through the gateway and that the gate was buried at some point during some upheaval. And Daniel's like, what upheaval? Apparently there were some earthquakes and there were volcanoes and stuff. That was thousands of years ago. The humans managed to survive, so good for them. Yeah. So SG-1 asks why he would have been looking for it if they thought that it was just a myth and it was supposed to have been buried for so long, and it turns out that Nyan was not actually looking for it. He was trying to find a quote-unquote primitive settlement that would have proved the Bedrosian theory. So he explains that that theory, that philosophy theory hypothesis, whatever you want to call it. It depends on how much scientific evidence they have to support it. So they want to know what that is. And that theory states that life originated on Bedrosia without a gateway. They ask who the obstetricians are, and it turns out that they are a rival continent. The continent they are currently on is Bedrosia, and the obstetricians are on a different continent. So who delivers all the babies on this planet? Probably midwives, midwifery, which we all know Daniel is not good at. 
Wait, no. <laughs> Sam is not good Sam at Sam is not good at Yeah. So Daniel can midwiff with the best of them. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Apparently, because the obstetricians think that the gate is on Bedrosia, there's been a whole lot of contention about this since the Bedrosians don't believe in that theory. And there's all kinds of war happening around that. Yay. Yeah. Good times. Teal'c's been keeping watch and there's a shuttlecraft flying in that he calls out to the others to point out. And oh, those apparently are the people that Melon went to go get. That was really fast. Yes, it was. <laughs> how far did she have to go and how fast is this shuttlecraft able to to fly there? Yeah, I'm guessing not far. <laughs> uh, I guess not. So anyway, Jack orders that they're going to dial up and get out. But Sam needs at least five minutes before she can get the gate working. And that's not going to happen that fast. So they all try to run and hide. Nyan and Teal could both make it off to the woods, but Jack and Sam and Daniel are all trapped by a force field kind of beam. So Jack, being sugar happy as he is, tries to shoot his weapon at it. Not surprisingly, it doesn't have any effect. They are all knocked unconscious by the beam. And then we get a long shot of the scene and I didn't see their bodies laying anywhere. So I thought that the beam had then like taken them up into the ship. Oh. Also, I, I because that. they weren't laying anywhere there <laughs> that I saw and I even rewound to see like where did they go? But then in the next scene they're back there in front of the gate anyway. So, ah. I don't know what happened. Maybe that was they just weird. Disappeared for a minute. Yeah. The three have been captured. So, guards are, you know, guarding them while they kneel on the ground. O'Neill's trying to talk to them in his O'Neill fashion. <laughs> But the guy's not talking to him at all. So Jack says, wow, tough crowd. I really liked the side lace-up leather pants these people were rocking. Oh, nice. Those are good. Yeah. Yeah. Sam wonders about Nyan, and Jack's like, yeah, he's saving his own butt right about now. Cool. Yeah. Meanwhile, Teal'c is uh, being sneaky in the woods, and he was watching a guard... In the distance, and then there's another guard that sneaks up behind him, and I kept thinking about Jurassic Park and the raptors. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff was actually in the room with me, and we were quoting that scene to each other <laughs> during this scene. Clever girl. <laughs> and that's when the attack comes, not from the front, but from the side. <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately for Teal'c, that these guys aren't raptors and they're not going to eat him <laughs> you are alive when they start to eat you so he kind of senses the guys there and turns around quickly and they shoot at one another very quickly and he kills the guy but this guy gets teal in the face with his it's a some kind of energy weapon yeah whatever that thing is and teal yells in pain like this was unpleasant for him, and he yeah. goes down, too. It looked very painful. Yeah. <laughs> they were, like, inches from each other when he was shot in the face, so that's bad. Yeah. So they're back in the clearing. As I said, SG three quarters, even though they didn't they seem to be there before, they're suddenly all back down there in front of the gate. <laughs> A guy exits with Melon from this shuttlecraft, and he's like, I thought there were aliens here. And Melon's like, yeah, those people, they look like humans, but, you know, they're not. This guy, have, did you ever see Evil Dead? No, I I mean, I have seen The Evil Dead, but I have not seen it in a very long time. Oh, well, this guy totally looked like like Canadian Bruce Campbell. Like, 
Yeah. Looking good. Oh, he does. You're totally right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen enough of Evil Dead to know... I mean, I know Bruce Campbell anyway, but yeah. Yeah, so that was... <laughs> I thought that was very funny. <laughs> they figure that, ah, these can't be real humans. They must just be disguised like humans because they're totally aliens and they you came through the gate. But then maybe the commander's not so sure. He thinks that maybe it's a trick and nobody could have come through the gate. Melon's like, I guess so. But one of them was talking to us through that machine then before they came through the circle. So Canadian Bruce Campbell says that the shuttlecraft is going to take Melon to her base and they're going to keep questioning SG-3 quarters here a bit more. Apparently at some point when they were flying their craft over, they got fired upon from the woods. I think it was Teal'c that actually fired upon them, but... Yeah, I think so. But Commander Bruce Campbell's like, all right, well, there's got to either be Nyan or some other obstetrician, they're assuming, at this point, that is out in the woods. So he sends his soldiers off to go search the woods. Then they take out some very large needles and stick all of SG-3 quarters in the neck with them and then start asking questions. So I guess maybe that was like some kind of a truth serum kind of thing or... I don't know, because clearly they're still lying anyway. I don't really know what the point of those needles oh, were. Oh, y- you know what? I think, don't they take their blood to, like, ana- analyze it? Oh, okay. Yeah. I assume that's, that's what she was doing after the That's a the bad fact. place to take blood from. Like, I don't know. Where else she going to stick that big needle? Sometimes uh, you just need to an stick An actual blood vessel instead of just the side of someone's neck, maybe? Eh. <laughs> it's a magic needle. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he starts to question them, and of course, SG-1 is not giving up the fact that they had a fourth member, even though Canadian Bruce Campbell's insistent that they know he's got a fourth one, and they he knows that they are obstetricians, and SG-1 sticks with their story that, nope, they're from another planet, just the three of them. Tilk wakes up because Nyan comes over to check on him, because he finds him laying in the woods dead. Or not dead, because he's not dead. Looking dead. He's looking dead. But Teal'c is actually either suddenly awake or was pretending to still be asleep. But anyway, he grabs Nyan by the throat and says, state your purpose. (laughs) Nyan identifies himself and Teal'c lets him go. Teal'c's eyes are looking pretty bad. They are. There's like burns around his eyes, basically. Yeah. And Nyan wants them to get out of there. Tilk wants to know where his friends are. And when he learns they're captured, he says he will not leave his friends. And Nyan says that they can't go to them because Rygar, I guess, who is Canadian Bruce Campbell, has set up a quarantine field. But while he's telling Tilk this, he notices Tilk is feeling around for his staff weapon. And it turns out Tilk can't see. <laughs> That's not great. guess that makes sense when you take an energy weapon to the face. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That sucks. Sure does. Mm -hmm. Back in the Stargate clearing, a soldier notices that Nyan and his team were starting to dig before. So Rygar tells him to keep going because he wants to know what was in the place that they were digging. Some random aide comes up and says that she's got the results from their blood analysis. They are 98% match to being human which i would like to point out does not actually make them human because we're like 99 percent the same as chimps or something like that i don't remember but it's how much are we now i need to know maybe they don't have chimps on their planet so they don't have that comparison and everything else on their planet is very far away 
right? Percentage-wise. Searching. 98.8. Okay. Ooh. I was pretty close. Yeah, you were. Yeah. But apparently they're going to go with it that these must be humans. They don't have a particle match from the Bedrosian Central Registry, though, whatever that means. I'm guessing DNA, but who knows? Maybe, yeah. But in any case, they decide that that proves that they are obstetricians and human, but not from Bedrosia. The lady looks skeptical, and he wants to know why. And she's like, well, what if they're telling the truth? And they actually are from the gate. And Rygar refuses to even give that any consideration whatsoever. The aide wants to know how he can be so sure that it's a lie. And he's like, well, I haven't spent my whole life praying to a god who doesn't exist. Therefore, must be a lie. I won't accept any other theory. So, Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So <sighs> that's cool. Yeah. Yep. So they continue to argue about that. The aide saying that, you know, maybe it's possible. Rygar saying, nope. For sure not. And so they're going to keep trying to figure out what happened to Nyan and the fourth obstetrician. Yes, they are. Nyan took Tilk to a cave. It's a cave that they use for shelter, I guess, while they're out on their dig, which apparently is far enough that they need a shelter and a place to store their supplies, but not far enough that they can't run back and find somebody to come fly ships over. But anyway, <laughs> Tilk says he's going to be fine. <laughs> Nyan gives Tilk some water and he's talking about what they've just discovered. He's like, it's amazing how this one discovery can change everything. He was looking for proof that they were created by Nefertum. Tilk recognizes the name. He says the blue lotus blossom of Ra. And... That's all the information, really, I looked up on this person. <laughs> Basically, okay. they have been around since the creation. They came out of a flower. They're depicted as very, like, beautiful in all imagery. And yeah. that's about all I learned. Interesting. I had assumed it was a fake person based on Nefertiti. I didn't realize ah. it was an actual character. Oh, there's plenty of Egyptian myth to go around. Many names we can have. I don't I know. I love Egyptian myth. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah, no problem. Nyan, though, does not know what Ra is. And Tilk explains that... Ne is it Nefertum? Nefertum? I, don't, I can't remember yeah. how they said it. Nefertum. He was an under-system lord to Ra. And Tilk did battle with him. Is there anyone that Tilk hasn't done battle with? I don't know. <laughs> Pretty much every time that we get a new system lord character, Tilk's like, I did battle with yeah, them. I have a history. <laughs> Nyan is confused because... Nefertum was their creator and created the planet and this continent and the people. And Tilk's like, ah, no, he was an alien who brought your people through the Stargate as slaves many thousands of years ago. And that is apparently what the obstetricians believe. Tilk says, then they are correct. <laughs> Nyan needs to share this information with his colleagues and... They'll probably react the same way Nyan is, which is somewhat reasonable. Actually, it's pretty reasonable because they are also scientists. Because, you know, scientists are infallible. Yeah. Science is whatever we want it to be. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Nyan, I'm sure, knows his colleagues, so it's yeah. fine. 
Well, he actually had a really great point here, though, that when scientists find out that they're wrong, they're often just as excited about that as they are when they find out that they're right. There are so many people that argue that, like, scientists won't tell you this because they don't want you to know that they're wrong. But no, like, seriously, when there's an ongoing theory, or at least a long-held belief in science and then it's proven wrong everyone is so excited and amazed by that it wouldn't be something that scientists would be trying to prevent people from knowing about everybody would be fighting for who gets to be the first one to publish about it who gets to be the first one to tell the world about it no one's going to be hiding it yes they are they (laughs) they're totally gonna hide it you only can learn things through one weird trick on the internet ads (laughs) i hate those damn ads (laughs) You're the worst. (laughs) (laughs) I want a new podcast co-host. Oh, okay. Um, I'll leave then. Thank you. Wait, no, I don't want to do this by myself. (laughs) After this episode. Oh, okay. (laughs) Nyan wants to take Teal'c as proof of the obstetrician's correctness. And Teal'c refuses because he needs to rescue his friends and he wants Nyan to help him. Yeah. Also, he doesn't want to be their guinea pig for whatever testing they'd be putting yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> Nyan realizes Teal'c is even more badly damaged than his blindness. There's a big bleeding wound. Yeah. It's generally not good. Teal'c refuses help and he's like, I'll be fine. Nyan leaves to go get supplies to help anyway because... Nyan's a, Nyan's a decent guy, and he's he going to help Tilk out instead of Tilk being like, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then Tilk tries to get up to go after him, but one, he's blind, and two, then there are a bunch of like bat-like creatures flying at him in the caves that he can't even see. So and random. so, yeah, he uh, slumps to the ground and just waits there. Yeah, and now he's bleeding from his head, too, so he's yeah. just taking a beating this episode. <laughs> Poor Tilk, right? Now we're inside some tent somewhere. Jack, Daniel, and Carter are all in these little cages. Like, little cages. They wouldn't even be able to stand up in them. But they're all in individual cages. Apparently the bars are electrified, so that sucks. Daniel's like, this day just keeps getting better and better. (laughs) We get a quick flashback to Teal'c, who is sitting on the ground, looking a little bit paranoid, holding his weapon, and just kind of trembling. So it becomes apparent that there has got to be something wrong with his hagfish at this point, because he is not getting better. If anything, he's getting worse. Yep. Back in the prison tent, Rager comes in. Rieger? Rager? Rager? Bruce Campbell. Um, Canadian Bruce Campbell Campbell comes in and tries questioning them again. Still harping on their friend in the woods. Nobody's going to give him away. Of course, SG three quarters just holds to their story that they're not spies, they're peaceful, they're just there to visit, they just want to say hi, there's only three of them, there is no fourth person, whoever thought there were four was mistaken. <laughs> they try to explain how the Stargate works, but guy doesn't care. We get a shot back and forth between Sam's answers, Daniel's answers, and Jack's answers to all of essentially the same question. <laughs> so we get like, actual science answers from... Carter, we get ridiculous answers like a wormhole is where giant worms are and magic from Jack. And then Daniel also is trying, not really, not as scientific about it as Sam is and is trying to 
talk about how it's more of like, you know, it's a, it's just an expression. It doesn't actually have to do with worms. So it's <laughs> interesting to see how all three of them explained everything so very differently. Yeah. Rieger is getting completely fed up with this entire conversation. Once again, asserts that all human life began on Bedrosia. His life began on Bedrosia. Their life began on Bedrosia. Everybody, everyone's from Bedrosia. They were all created by Nefertum. And Daniel, of course, recognizes this as being the son of Sakmet. Yeah, that seemed right. And Daniel's like, all right, well, that must have been a Gould. Rieger has no idea what he's talking about. So Daniel <laughs> explains that's an alien. And Rieger is not happy with that. And says that that's just an obstetrician fallacy. <laughs> Good times. Mm-hmm. Nyan returns to the cave to find Teal'c with his shirt off, sticking his hand in his pouch. So which gross. I'm I sure hated you it loved. so much. <laughs> <laughs> Nyan's like, oh crap, you're an alien. I thought you were a human. <laughs> And she looks like, let's not talk about this anymore, okay? <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> but Teal'c says he didn't believe Nyan was going to come back. But Nyan's like, you're the most important thing that's ever happened to this world. <laughs> Don't know if that's good or bad, but it's right? real important. <laughs> He's brought with him a device to fix Teal'c's eyes. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It will help his sight to return in a day. It was designed for humans, however, so let's see how this works. And Teal'c's like, I don't need help. I'm going to heal on my own. Teal'c explains that he is not human, but he's a Jaffa, and that he's got a symbiote that will heal him. But it turns out the symbiote was also injured, so first the symbiote is going to heal himself before he can heal Teal'c. And Diane's like, what if it dies? And Teal'c's like, I'll die too. Cool. Yeah. Definitely keep refusing help, Tilk. Yeah. For reasons. Yep. (laughs) Pride? I don't know. There was... Yeah. yeah, It was weird. Yeah. Back in the prison tent, apparently there is a problem. They decide to drag Daniel out. I don't know why they chose Daniel instead of anybody else, but they drag Daniel out and bring him to a dead body, and they want to know how has this dead body come about? Daniel does not know. <laughs> Riger is insistent. Canadian Bruce Campbell, whatever you want to call him, is insistent that there's got to be a fourth person. <sighs> Daniel is insistent. Nope, no fourth person. Then Riger drags him over to the the hole that had been started before by Nyan and his team and that the sol- soldiers have now finished. And he's like, all right, well, what's this thing then? What's it? Explain this. And apparently they have found the DHD. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> In the cave, Teal'c is wondering what's going to happen to the rest of SG-1. Nyan's not optimistic about their chances, we'll yes. say. Yeah. Because, again, their existence flies in the face of literally everything they believe about themselves. So that's not cool. New. No. And he agrees with Teal'c that they're probably going to kill SG three quarters and destroy the Stargate. So Teal'c's like, we got to go rescue them. But Nyan points out he's blind. <laughs> Teal'c's like, I will manage. Okay, Teal'c. <laughs> if anyone could, though, you know it's Teal'c. <laughs> it's true. 
However, when yeah. he's being offered help, yeah. maybe take it. <laughs> to prove a point, Nyan just grabs the staff weapon. <laughs> Teal continues to just be a dope about this for a while. <laughs> they go back and forth. Yep. But in the end, Nyan tells him they're ta- he's you know that he's a scientist, and he, as you said before, they're excited about learning something new whether or not it proves their theories and then he looks like you sound like daniel jackson so you can help me which <laughs> apparently that's all you need to do is yeah. sound like daniel to be won over by Teal'c. yep so then nyan holds up a sonic screwdriver and shoots blue light into his eyes some really badly rendered blue light yeah too like the effects were very unconvincing oh yeah yeah <laughs> After a moment, he stops. He does say that he did scope out the camp and that SG three quarters is still there and that they've dug up the DHD. So he's full of helpful information. Yeah. Tilk realizes he can see a tiny bit of light and Nyan tells him that they will need to do multiple treatments, but it will take some time because if they just do it right away, it will make things worse rather than better. And we need to make Teal'c's eyes better. Okay, Teal'c? Okay. But what if, though? <laughs> what if we did something that is against medical advice because we heard about it on Facebook or something? <laughs> I mean, like, if Facebook had told Teal'c that doing this treatment as much as possible would would cure him, then, you know, he could have he could have just done that. Tilk would be so bad. And ignore the person that actually knows what he's talking about. Yes. (laughs) Tilk would find Facebook baffling. He would. I also find Facebook baffling. (laughs) That's why I'm no longer on it. Fair. Back at the prison tent, they bring Daniel back in. (laughs) Sim asks if he's okay, and he just gives her like a really weird, (laughs) pouty look. Yeah. (laughs) It was very strange. And then so Jack's like, hey, you know what that uh, we come in peace business? Bite me. (laughs) They again reiterate for like the millionth time that they are not obstetrician spies. They don't know how that guy that was outside got killed. So Rieger picks up one of those Zat guns and shoots Carter with it. Good thing that he didn't try firing it on her a second time. Does he know he's not killing her? Like, yeah, I was wondering that too. Was he hoping that she'd be dead? I don't know. Yeah. Well, thankfully, he doesn't fire her a second time because when he fires again, this time he fires at Jack. <laughs> and I actually was pretty impressed with Michael Shanks acting here because, you know, he's like desperately screaming yeah. about there not being any other team members out there to turn off the weapon. And I just thought that it was some good acting on Michael Shanks' part. Yeah. In this particular scene. He tries to get Rieger to turn off the, the weapon and says that you're going to kill them. And Rieger's like, nope, you're going to kill them by not giving me my answers. Then all of a sudden, the Stargate starts dialing up. And Convenient. that cuts off their conversation. <laughs> Convenient. Convenient. Very, very much so. We get a quick shot of the SGC that uh, to let him and know that Chevron 7 is locked and the wormhole is engaged. It was a completely pointless scene. Yep. <laughs> yeah. On the other side, it opens, shocking everyone. We get another pointless scene in the SGC with the the tech telling 
Hammond, they're ready to transmit. <laughs> and then Hammond addresses SG-1. <laughs> yep. Unnecessary, but okay. Yes. Maybe they just needed more Hammond in this episode. Maybe they just had a few minutes to kill and they needed yeah. to add some stuff in. That too. Which is why the dialogue is also so repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> One of the Petrosian guards picks up a radio and hears Hammond's voice coming through. He's trying to call to SG-1 who obviously can't answer since they are in a tent away from here and only one of them is currently conscious. They are going back and forth again with the the commander guy, Rieger, trying to argue, this is a trick, not a real gateway. And the aide is like, no, it's totally a gateway. (laughs) The guy's like, no, it's not. Hammond is, meanwhile, continuing to try to call to SG-1 on the radio while they're continuing to argue. Finally, Rieger figures out how to answer Hammond and identifies himself as the one who holds Hammond's people. (laughs) Hammond wants to speak to Jack, but no, that's not going to happen. Nyan continues to teal treat's eyes. Wow. (laughs) Good job. Nyan continues to treat Teal'c's eyes. Well, Neil... Neilk, oh my god! Wow. <laughs> well, Teal'c lays out his rescue plan, which is basically Nyan lays down cover fire to let them dial the Stargate. Cool. Quite a complex plan. Yes. So Nyan's like, you can only get into t- the camp by shuttlecraft, and Teal'c's like, an obstacle easily overcome. Oh, Teal'c. <laughs> Uh, He looks at his hands and he can see them a little bit better, which is cool. He hands Nyan a zat. Nyan has never used a gun before, but Teal'c thinks he'll be fine. And it's time to go, even though his eyes ain't that good yet. And that's proven when he stands up and starts to walk almost into a wall, but then (laughs) corrects himself and leaves the cave. I also like that he glared at the wall. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, teal. Back by the Stargate, Rieger and Hammond are still working. Rieger still wants to know how this trick works. It's got to be a projection or something. And now it's Hammond who's trying to argue that this is not a trick of any sort. They decide that they're going to try to get a look at what's going on through the MALP camera. The MALP conveniently is in the tent with SG three quarters. Hammond keeps talking to Rieger, kind of trying to distract him while they're looking at the camera. Daniel's trying to signal to them on the camera. It's kind of, I was having trouble trying to figure out exactly what he was trying to signal. Yeah, I'm not sure. Exactly, because he was giving the hand-waving no. Yeah. So I'm not really sure why, what he meant. And then when we see him again later, he's doing a a holding a fake rifle (laughs) signal. (laughs) So I'm not sure if he was trying to like ask them to bring backup or trying to warn them that people have weapons on them but not sure in any case i would think that they could probably figure that something's wrong just by the fact that daniel is in a cage outside however the mouth is apparently close enough to the side of the tent that the camera panning around is actually moving the wall of the tent so they all go rushing in hammond tries to give one last demand that his people be returned and rieger's like nope and if you try to come and get them i'm gonna kill them all Fun. Yeah. So he fires the Zat gun at the map now, and no more camera. <laughs> Which, then the we go to the control room so the technician can tell Hammond that the map <laughs> isn't working anymore. Yeah. 
Because we needed that. Yeah. Yep. Look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it. I also like that Hammond needed to tell him to shut it down now that they yeah. don't have any telemetry. Yeah. <laughs> like, shut the gate down. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In the tent, Rygar orders his guards to get a transport shuttle because he's going to move them somewhere more secure. And he says to put them away until it gets here. Weren't they already away? Right? Yeah. What does that mean? They're in cages. How much more away can you put them? <laughs> maybe they need maybe they're stackable cages. <laughs> I don't know. Put them on a a pallet so that they can wheel them out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Maybe he was talking about the equipment, their equipment? I don't know. Maybe. I felt like I thought he was talking about the people though. Yeah, me too. Meanwhile, Teal'c and Nyan are heading towards somewhere. I guess they're heading They're in the woods heading towards a shuttle. There we go. Teal'c fires at the shuttle and it lands for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand that either. He didn't hit it. Yeah. Maybe they just get mad when people fire at them, but why would you stop? But anyway, so they land, they open the doors, somebody comes out, Nyan zats him, and then another guy comes out, Teal'c fires at him, doesn't hit him, which I wasn't sure. I mean, Teal'c's pretty blind, so I assume he wasn't deliberately missing him, but it seemed like they were trying not to kill people at the same time, too, but... Tilk's weapon definitely would have killed him. Yeah. But anyway. Well, yeah. And Nyan even specified later, stun, don't kill. Yeah. So I think it is possible that Tilk was trying to kill him, but missed because he couldn't see. Nyan manages to zap this guy too. So they head on into the shuttle. Yes. And then Nyan reminds Tilk, maybe stun, don't kill, please. Because these are my people, even though they're being wangs right now. (laughs) (laughs) I want a wang wang. Mm. I don't want to buy all the ingredients for a Wang Wang, though. No, I'm not that desperate for one. So many ingredients. Back in the clearing. The transport shuttle's going to be there in a moment. Raga's going to go back to the base with the prisoners and tells her that she's going to remain there to guard the ring just to be sure that... And then he's cut off because the shuttle comes and crashes and skids to a halt. I was wondering who was flying because, I mean, we know that Tilk's a really good pilot when he can see, but was Nyan letting him fly half blind or was Nyan the one flying this and that's why it crashed? I thought, I, they, I thought they deliberately crashed it. Yeah, I also was wondering if they maybe deliberately crashed it to create a diversion, but who knows? it feels like it could have been any of those possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Nyan runs out and is feigning as though he was a captive. He's screaming for help. He says, there is another one out there in the forest. There's an alien. And he killed some soldiers and tried to kill Nyan with a lightning weapon. Please help. So Rigor sends people into the shuttlecraft and tells them to go find the alien. They go in. Nothing happens. <laughs> so Rigor starts to get a little bit suspicious. He has his guards guard Nyan and tells some of his other people to go in and tell the shuttlecraft to launch. The aide heads up to it and calls to them. I like how Tilk just very casually comes walking from out of view, holding a two-handed weapon in one hand, casually points it at her and shoots her. <laughs> Apparently his vision's back well enough that he could at least manage to shoot somebody. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> 
They continue firing. Nyan manages to make it to the tent while Teal'c is providing cover fire for him. He gives them a weapon and tells them how to shoot it as he lets them out. They ask where Tilk is. He tells them that it's fine. So Daniel's going to go run out and try to dial the DHD while Jack lays down cover for him. There was some good sprinting towards the DHD, too. It was a good scramble. I appreciate it. It was. It was a nice sprint and then a slide into the pit where the DHD is now sitting. It was well done. Yeah, Yeah. very. He manages to open the gate, which we learn from the control room of the SGC again, (laughs) where the gate opens... And Hammond has them close the iris because there's no GDO. But fortunately, we also get a shot of Teal'c conveniently taking out his GDO and putting in the code. This was also kind of pointless. Yes. Because uh, <laughs> it wasn't like they were worried about them. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I would assume that this is how it goes every time anybody is coming yeah. back from off-world. Yeah, exactly. And I would also guess that SG-1's most likely not the only team off-world at the moment. So right. <laughs> this all just felt extraneous. Yes. But the technician tells him, good news, it's SG-1. So then they open the iris. <laughs> that was so exciting. It was very thrilling. <laughs> back on the other planet, they all run for the gate. Nyan gets shot. Tilk insists that Nyan has to come with them, so he and Jack go back up and help him up. Jack comments on how Tilk's not really looking so good. Tilk is actually looking quite ashen. They did a good job yeah. with his makeup on this one. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. Yeah. So they all run for the gate and jump through. Woo! Yeah. And the SGC? Tilk immediately announces as he comes through that Nyan is their friend, so maybe don't shoot him. So they don't shoot him. Jack asks for help, and Dr. Frazier and the medical staff head on over to take care of the two guys and bring him to the infirmary. Presumably a little bit later in the infirmary. Teal'c and Nyan are in hospital beds. Dr. Frazier tells him that Junior is a resilient little guy. And Nyan's like, who is Junior? And Teal'c says that's Colonel O'Neill's name for his symbiote. Teal'c is feeling much better. Jack is there and he tells Nyan that good news, he doesn't have to be sent back to the planet where he'd probably be imprisoned and or killed. He's allowed to stay here as a refugee if you want to. And he does, apparently. Daniel's got a job for him too. Like he's set up, like he's good to go. Yeah, he's going to be Daniel's research assistant because he's got a backlog of artifacts. And I assume, I don't know, he needs research and cataloging and all that fun stuff. Good thing that Nyan doesn't have any friends or family or anybody back home that he needs to worry about. Right. I mean, maybe that guy who pieced out at the very beginning of the episode <laughs> was like his best friend, but Nyan realized his best friend is not good in a crisis and isn't worth his time. Could be. Yeah. Very possible. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of us would be the one to peace out in the middle of a crisis? Oh, I sure as shit would. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I can totally see you abandoning me. (laughs) Like, I can't take this! (laughs) Oh, Kathy, I'm alone now. It wouldn't be deliberate, but it would happen. Fair. Anyway, Daniel also says it's a great way to learn about the history of your ancestors because your total life's work was a lie and all of your beliefs are wrong. (laughs) Nyan seems happy about this. (laughs) So they let the people rest. 
Nyan thanks Tilk for s- the people. <laughs> they, they let Nyan and Tilk rest. Everyone else leaves. <laughs> Nyan thanks Tilk for saving his life. Tilk's like, you saved my life and all of my friends, so I should be thanking you. And Nyan still wishes he could show Tilk off to the scientists on his world. And Tilk says, maybe one day things will get better. And he lays back in the bed and smiles. <laughs> will we ever see Nyan the research assistant again? <laughs> I don't think we do. do I don't we? think we do. <laughs> yeah. Did you like the episode? I did like the episode. <laughs> this has come up before where <laughs> it's pretty clear that people are hard to convince that their beliefs are wrong, even yes. when confronted with evidence to the contrary. So I feel like that's a continuous theme in this show, and that was good. But then we do have people like Nyan who are open to changing their beliefs based on new evidence, and that's good. And so it's good to have that tension. Although I don't think it's just a, a nice rational scientist versus the mean military that just happened to be the scenario in this one. Right. I liked Nyan. I liked that we focus on Teal'c a bit, which was nice. I don't know. And him, it was interesting that he refused to accept any help at all. Like, yeah, to the point of being ridiculous. <laughs> but finally he gave in and he made a new friend. Yeah. And I don't know. And I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it. It was uh, interesting and it was... Uh, I, w- I couldn't remember how it ended, and I didn't think this was where it was going. So mm-hmm. I was also surprised. So that was nice. I don't know. That was incoherent. <laughs> it was fine. How about you? Mostly? I mostly enjoyed it. It kind of felt incomplete to me. Not even necessarily like it needed to be two episodes like we've talked about before. But, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, here's this very obvious allegory for our own society. <laughs> But then at the end, there was, like, no moral to the story or any kind of resolution. So it left me wondering, like, why? What was your point in pointing out that people are like this on this planet? Like, yeah. So in the end, it did just feel incomplete to me because it felt like they were trying to to mirror society, but then not necessarily teach us anything in doing so. Yeah. Or why they really were even bothering, I guess. I also hadn't realized just how repetitive all of the dialogue was until we're trying to recap it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the exact same thing they were arguing in the last scene. I hadn't noticed it while I was watching it, so I wasn't bored or anything. But it did strike me as weird as we're recapping. I'm like, oh, wow, this is just exactly the same as last scene, isn't it? But while I was watching it, I did enjoy the episode. I thought it was mostly a good episode and interesting. But the end just was kind of uh, anticlimactic to me, I guess you could say. That's fair. It sure was, especially since we never hear from Nyan, the research assistant, ever again. Right, exactly. And like what happens back on the other planet? Do they end up destroying the gate? What happens with their war? Do you, you know, what did happen to that guy that pieced out at the beginning that you had mentioned that I hadn't even noticed? (laughs) It left us with a lot of loose ends and unanswered questions, and I don't think we ever go back to it. No. Womp womp. Yep. Stop giving us interesting little crumbs and then not giving us a little dropping cookie. it. Yeah, right? Cookies. Yeah. <laughs> cookies. Cookie. Cookie. Anyway. What are we watching next? Oh, God. I didn't look this up. Hold on. 
Why? It's not like you were doing anything else today. No, I wasn't doing anything. I sure wasn't <laughs> doing laundry at nine o'clock this morning. Um, I was more referring to the phone. very important closing I know. of your house. <laughs> <laughs> I was mostly focused on that. I'm actually impressed that I made myself sit down and watch Origins <laughs> earlier. But I am too. I wasn't even sure if you were going to and I was going to ask, should we bother? But then you told me that you already had. So I was like, all right, cool. I was like, it's the last one. Just get it done. Yeah, I was debating too because I've like i been so rushed for, pressed for time today too. And I'm like, but I just want to get it over with. So. I know. And then when I realized it was longer than any of the other ones, I was like, God <gasps> damn it. I know. God damn. Um, we're getting there almost at the netflix the next episode we will be watching is stargate sg1 season 3 episode 20 maternal instinct the netflix says braytac arrives at stargate command yay i like braytac pleading yay. for medical assistance oh no that's announced- really not good <laughs> He announces that his home planet has been brutally attacked by Apophis. Goddamn Apophis. And the booklet. Who would have thought that they would be attacked by another Gwold at some point? Yeah. I, you know, even if it wasn't Apophis, it would have been somebody eventually. Yeah. But, you know, Apophis has got a grudge, so. Yeah. The booklet says, Braytac arrives at Stargate Command with a wild story about interplanetary warfare with Apophis. <laughs> Saying someone's got a wild story, to me, makes me think that they're telling a story that's, like, way over-exaggerated and can't be true, but I doubt that's the case here. Yeah. Daniel deduces that the battle is over Apophis' child, Harcesis, and races to save the child before Apophis finds him first. (gasps) Okay. a lot more. Yes, it does. And, you know... Thematically, it runs right into Origins with the Harcesis thing. It does. Well, not thematically, but coincidentally. I don't yeah, know. Origins anyway. that we are getting ready to wrap up recording on anyway, even though we've got a few more months of release on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this will not appear anytime near the other one. Nope, sure won't. We <laughs> <laughs> have no sense of time anymore. Nope. Yeah, it makes sense because we've been recording those episodes way faster than the once a month that we're yeah. releasing them. All right. As always, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, make sure that you subscribe so that you get our episodes as soon as they're released every Wednesday. And you can also find us on YouTube as well as whatever podcatcher of choice you may have. Reviews and likes are greatly appreciated since they help others to find the podcast and word of mouth is great for that as well. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Our website is stargatesing.space. You can send us messages through there. You can also listen to our episodes through there for that matter. If you're feeling generous, you can find us on patreon.com slash stargatesing to become one of our Patreon members. And that is about it. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargazing. The end. The end. I was just being an asshole. I mean, you're always an asshole. <laughs>